Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meets at stayclassymeets.com where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at wide jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. We're back. It's episode 113. It's Nate again as usual, but today, coming back after a week off due to illness, the man, the myth, the Canadian legend, the Great White North, their own Tim Dombrova. Yeah, Nate, uh, you had a real catch uh, 23 there last week. but uh, It was a real catch 23, I tell you. You're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, catch 23. But I'm uh, I'm back, holy hoser, so I'm ready to roll. Are we blogging uh, or talking or both? A little bit of both, and uh, you'll be happy to know that you got your grade 10, so that's always a good sign. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, uh, in the United States, that's a grade 14. Yeah, for real. Uh your education's better, just like your beer's stronger up there. Yeah, apparently. But, I've heard that. But anyhow. But we're back. Another week of NBA talk, uh, some NBA updates, and uh, a lot of fun here on Wide Men Can't Jump. And, uh, you know, Tim, we're going to kick this off, this episode. There's a lot to get to. Uh, a lot of news, a lot of notes. But let's go ahead and talk about somebody in the wide man world just celebrated a uh, a birthday. That old fart. Yes, the uh the Shinston sinkhole has gotten another year older. <laughs> another year older and a tiny bit wider. <laughs> you know before <laughs> he's like the skinniest guy that listens to this show. No shit. He's got well but yet but yeah, no, can I out think, eat I, all... I, yeah, I think Rachel Miller's probably skinnier than that dog. Well, that's true. She usually but, skims but, the show though. She's looking for Utah this, jazz talk. Yeah, she's she's got a she's got a computer program that just uh, picks out uh, Quinn's name and Utah and other now she doesn't listen. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> but, but anyway. Anyway, yes, Ed Bogus, ladies and gentlemen. Celebrated a birthday. Uh, so happy birthday, Ed. 
from all of us here at Wide Men Can't Jump. Indeed. Indeed. And in honor and in honor of that. Yes. I I don't have any music. I didn't I didn't want to be able to get it. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> We're off to a running start here. That we are. That well, we anyway. are. Uh, you know what? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. I got music. I got music. Here we go. We'll, right. we'll play this. Play. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Hey. It makes no yeah, sense, that, but we're going with it. Oh, it does, <laughs> because I just, I, in my mind, it was Ed at a sachet and up to a, a fast food table, and another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. That's what happens after Ed eats another lobster. So super uh, size, super size, another one bites the dust. <laughs> but we have a very special edition of the top ten. Yes, we do. In honor of August tonight's top ten is brought to you from the home of the omelet and the sandwich, Denver, Colorado, and sponsored by Shinston Stomach Pumping Services. Whether it be <laughs> drugs, alcohol, or just too many carbs. Shinston Stomach Pumps will be there for you with low affordable prices and several plans to meet your stomach pumping needs. Financing available. Remember, that's Shinston Stomach Pumps at 304-666-7853. That's 304-666-PUKE. puke Now, with that in mind, this is the top 10 signs that Ed Boggess isn't getting older. At number 10, he thinks Bobby Knight could have a future in coaching. <laughs> At number nine, his friends and family are beginning to complain that he starts long, boring stories with back in the day or I remember when. <laughs> At number eight, he tells his doctor he doesn't need a nutritionist because he's adopted the Shack diet of carb loading to combat weight gain. <laughs> At number seven, he has to PBR the second half of NBA doubleheaders due to his naps. <laughs> Are you sure that's him or is that me? That could be all of us. Uh, at number six, is driving the local Walmart crazy with his demands to stock the best of NBA on Betamax. Betamax, good lord. <laughs> at number five, Wax is poetic about the glory of the Boston Celtics and some guy named Bird. Oh, Larry. At number four, gets into brawl at local pickup game when he calls younger guys soft and refuses to allow timeouts for some shit called hydration. <laughs> <laughs> what number am I on? I've lost three. Afternoons. Number three, goes to his daughter's first day of kindergarten and wows kids with some legendary story about something called traveling. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> at number two, goes on a rant about the time when technical fouls were something you heard about but never saw. Yeah, really. And at number one, the number one reason Ed Boggess got Ed was all cornered on the drive through attendant after criticizing his technique and demands they extend their arms to his car like they would in a good old-fashioned chess pass, then drives off after paying without getting his food and spends 20 minutes his steps trying to remember where he may have left it and then blames his kid, his wife, and society in that order as he remembers a simpler time when people weren't jerks. (laughs) Well, there there you go, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Brought to you from 
Kinston Stomach Pumps. That's 304-666-7853. 304-666-PUKE. Kinston Stomach Pumps. Oh, my God. I hope that's a place. And <laughs> really, too. Oh God. Right now, somebody is going, damn, they got lightning in a bottle there. Yeah. For real. <laughs> uh, but happy birthday, Ed. We hope it... Happy birthday, Ed. We hope it was a good one. And uh, we saw that piece of cake you ate. Good Lord. Holy Jesus, man. <laughs> Ed couldn't tweet like six hours after eating that piece of cake. Even his yeah. fingers got fat. <laughs> Looked like that... Uh... Remember when uh, in Willy Wonka the girl swelled up because she ate that uh, and turned into a blueberry? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get to some let's get to some NBA talk here. Happy birthday, Ed. Um, let's go ahead and just kind of kind of look around the league here. Uh, did you happen to see um, the Kevin Love? Kind of trials and tribulations over the past few weeks. Where Kev went off on his GM? Yeah, he completely went off on his GM. And, you know, I don't know if you saw him, his defensive effort um, against the Thunder. Oh, man, what a lackluster performance by Kevin Love. And things are just going bad. It's going very bad for Kevin Love as of recent. But, what, what do you think, Tim? You know, we talked about Kevin Love. He he signed this this very lucrative deal, and you know, Kevin Love's one of those guys who you know we're, we're going to talk to Grant Puskar earlier or, or later, I should say, in the episode. And and Kevin Love just really has not put forth any effort, um, and it's kind of surprising from a guy like him because this is a guy who was a twenty and ten guy. This is a guy who who played really hard and became the third wheel on a championship caliber team. But now he's kind of taken over that leadership role and I'm looking at him and his numbers aren't blowing me away. He's got a lot of young talent on that team. He's in his prime. Cavs are in rebuild mo- mode. I'm just not seeing Kevin Love being the guy right now for the Cavs that they need. And it's almost looking like Kevin Love, they want to, they want to trade him. Tim, do you think the Cavs should get rid of Love? Should they trade him? What do you think? Might as well. He ain't doing anything. Yeah, I mean, it's you're not winning with him. He's got a very lucrative contract. If you can get rid of that, I, I, I don't see why not. I think it's a I think it's a good idea to just go ahead and get rid of him. It's, it seems um, like it's a lesser two evils. I mean, you keep him, you pay him, and you lose. You might as well trade him. Get something for him, save some bucks. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's very unhappy, and you know maybe grab a couple draft picks. You never know. You could grab some some late round steals with the draft picks. You never, you never, uh, you ever know what could come up in the draft. There's been some steals in the later later picks. Uh, I talked to, again. We talked to Grant Puskar about it. He's going to weigh in on what he thinks. We'll get to that interview in a little while. But yeah, the Kevin Love saga has just been. Ugh. It's been a mess. It's, to, it's right to up there that. with the uh, with the dysfunction of the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> the 76ers, you know, funny you bring them up. They've been kind of a – it's been kind of interesting because it seems like Philly 
a lot of people in Philly are really happy that the team is good, but I think they're starting to realize kind of what we've been saying for so long. Ben Simmons, good player, but Ben Simmons, generational player, nay-nay. Nay-nay. And now I said this morning that Joel, the um, Iron Man Embiid, is uh, not playing tonight because he has a dislocated uh, left finger. Um, and uh, he, as he he stayed in the game even after uh, doing it last night, but uh, he he's having trouble rebounding uh, with his one finger apparently, so he can't play. And I thought, well, when you get two hands, dude. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I'll give him a little credit. At least he he, he fought through it. Um, okay, but t- tape that baby up, take a shot or freeze it or whatever it is they do. Back out on the court, you pussy. Good lord. Really? They popped it right back into place. I know that. That was a rough looking a rough yeah, looking I'm dislocation. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't fun, but I can't believe you're gonna miss a game against the Celtics, no less. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's got a little bit of Celtic fever, as they call it. I mean perhaps. Um that, that's yes. very likely. <laughs> You really don't like the Sixers, do you? <laughs> I, I hate them. I hate them. They just, they just provide you with so much reason to hate them week after week. They can't even get along among, you know, at least the Pistons back in the day when you hated them. But they didn't hate each other. Or if they did, they didn't talk about it. But the uh, the 76ers, they go at each other more than I go at them. Yeah, I mean, they're really, uh, they kind of go back and forth at each other. And I know we always have a good time at their expense because we have, Tom, when we get to talk to Tom, um, you know, we find out that Tom hates the Sixers as much as anybody else. You know? well, he, he, he loves the team. He loves the franchise, hates the individuals. Yeah. I mean, that just kind of, kind of seems that's, that's the way it is these days Just, for him. Bruce Hornsby, right? I do like some Bruce Hornsby now. Just the way it is. Yeah, it's a good one. Good number. Um, yeah, let's look at a little bit more here uh, on the news front. Um, you know, been a, a few D leagues, a G league signing some releases. Uh, the net signed uh, Justin Anderson, to a 10-day contract. Um, let me tell you a guy who's really kind of fallen from grace lately, Isaiah Thomas. You know, this was a guy that went into the crowd not too long ago, and I really wanted to get your take on this. He went into the crowd not too long ago because a couple of fans apparently were saying fuck you to him or something like that. And he went into the crowd, and he, he went up to them, and he told them, don't do that, da-da-da-da-da. Um, but then he makes – Inappropriate contact with an official in a game on Friday. He's fined twenty five thousand dollars and he's ejected from the game. Um, just kind of really been a bad month for Isaiah Thomas. Not the way you want to start twenty twenty. Not particularly. Um, what did they say exactly? Just f you, you suck. I never did quite pick up. I think it was something like that. Um, okay, you know, kind of like that, what fans do. That's what fans yeah, do. Now, just, I'm not. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was say, if it was just if it was just f you, you suck. 
you got you got to take that. That's, I mean, I'm sure it's no fun to hear it, but you got to take that as a professional athlete. Now, if it gets personal, like you know something to your wife or your mom or your kids or that kind of stuff, then you can retaliate a little bit. But you still, you can do it right from the court. You don't have to get into the crowd and mess it up. That's 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 not necessary. Yeah, he he got in some trouble over that. Going, he actually went up into the stands and, and talked yeah, to these, that, these guys, and a lot of people were saying because he didn't he didn't do like he didn't go up into the stands and touch them or anything, and he didn't go up and try to start a yeah. confrontation. Don't but matter. you're that's a can of worms, especially after fans, the mouse in the palace. Yeah, you don't want to open. Don't, we don't want fans on the court. We don't want players in the crowd. Same diff. Same rules apply. You don't belong there if you're a player. Only bad, only bad things can happen. You know, yeah, that, that's, go, to, uh, go, to, go to social media and tear them a new one if you want, and then be prepared for some backlash because <laughs> you're going to get some. But oh, yeah. uh, you don't, you you can't win if you go into the crowd as a player. You're, no, you're, you're, you know you're. I mean, let's be honest. Ninety nine percent of the people in the crowd, you should be able to handle physically. So that's a no win. One at a time, a, at least. Yeah, or if it's a woman, or you know, or a guy like me who's you know fifty years old and slightly overweight, you, you know, that's not a, a a visual that the team needs or you need. Slightly. I'm only slightly overweight. <laughs> Screw you, Bush. Oh, I'm not. Ta- I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the show. <laughs> Always remember, if you're slightly overweight, I'm vastly overweight. So there you go. <laughs> well, as you know, full disclosure, I have been, I have dropped a, a significant amount of weight. I'm no longer in the danger zone for the chubbiness. So yeah, you, you have, you have, and and we're proud of you here at Wide Men Can't Jump to you becoming. Um, well, not wow. spelt. No, that, that ain't. Well, I mean, either, still, yeah. Talked about well, fifty pounds, didn't you? Okay. Full disclosure: I, I was, uh, I was uh, tipping the scales at three fifty. No, no word of a lie. I've gotten real lazy and real fat. I am now down to two seventy eight. Wow! Congratulations. So, so I have lost a significant amount of weight, and I still want to lose about, I don't know. 40 more or so, not to make this the Dr. Phil show or anything, but I probably should call Shinston Stomach Pumps. <laughs> <laughs> the quickest way to lose weight, Shinston Stomach Pumps. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm going to end up making a commercial for them, aren't I? Yeah, All right, I'm anyway. going to force somebody to make a company called that with advertising. Um. So let, let's look a little more here. Um, you know, I'm looking around the league, and there's so much dysfunction anywhere and everywhere. Um, so LeBron James came out after the uh, Anthony Davis beat, and you know the Lakers beat the Pelicans, which shouldn't they? Shouldn't they beat the Pelicans? I mean, that's, you know, whatever. It's not but really, yeah, that's not really a major accomplishment at this point. Well, yeah, everybody's doing it, so I guess it's the cool thing to do. Um, but LeBron comes out and says, oh, we gave up too much for him, huh? Talking about Anthony Davis. I don't know who LeBron talked to, um, but I don't recall anybody ever coming out and saying, Oh wow, the the Lakers really gave up way too much for Anthony Davis, didn't they? In that trade, I don't think anybody ever said that. 
<laughs> Do you recall hearing that? Well, I don't. You know, LeBron just really needs to shut the fuck up. He finds a way to play the victim a lot. Um, it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's... I know, but then and then last night, okay, just to go to that point, he says that after they beat New Orleans. Then the last night, who did they who did they play last night? Oh, I forgot. One uh, um, Cleveland. Okay, I can pull it up here. They, okay, well, whoever they played last night, then he goes on and sound bites that there's just uh, there's no replacing him if we've got to play without him. Well, okay, what? Like this guy just—he's always got to be the center of the narrative somehow. Even the Knicks. It's not about they played the Knicks last night. Okay. So they, you know, if they would LeBron on playing without AD, there's just no replacing him. No, I, I agree. I agree. Well, I I agree, but but isn't this kind of a like he has this way of stating the obvious, but making it about him somehow? Like we already all know this. this like is Booger McFarland on Monday Night Football. Uh, don't even get me started on that fool. Oh God, <laughs> that was some of the worst. Whatever you want to call that, like. Talk about, you know, a unique grasp of the obvious. And then, <laughs> they should hire know, Nate they, Bush to do commentary, shouldn't they? But his his best one was when he wanted them to spike the ball on whatever it was. And I can't even remember the situation. And everybody's like, what did he just say? He wanted them to do something <laughs> that was totally, absolutely retarded. But well, twi- Twitter's, yeah, Twitter's, Twitter's been having some sacri- fun. Twitter's, Twitter's having fun with that guy. Social media gods, but... Back to LeBron. LeBron talks too much. Um, I, I liked it better when he just did his talking on the court and said, deal with it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then Davis, well, who we all know is made of glass, but apparently is okay after his spill last night. <laughs> well, I just realized that I have... <laughs> you ever retweet something? And then go back and look at it and go, man, okay. I didn't. Re- that was a bad take. Uh, well, well, you you retweet something, then you realize, oh wait a minute, that's uh that's the wrong thing to retweet. And I just realized that as I'm looking here through the notes I have, um, I retweeted Adrian Wojnarowski, but it's a fake account. Ah, <laughs> uh, I thought it was maybe like my uh, my faux pas when I retweeted the. Uh, uh, Bruce Poulban's WWE champion when I really meant uh, Bruce Poulban's NWA champion. <laughs> but of course. Uh, so apparently I retweeted this from a- this is Adrian Wojnowski. This is what I retweeted. Retired guard Darren Collison signed a two-year vet minimum deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. League sources tell me and ESPN. His choice came down to the Lakers and Clippers, but when asked why he didn't pick the Clippers, I'm told his response was fuck them bitch asses. <laughs> well, to be honest, to be honest, that probably wasn't far from what he really said. I but, didn't even realize that I had retweeted that. I just, just not, looked at uh, it, and I'm like, why did I retweet that? <laughs> it's not very politically correct, but uh, probably wasn't far off. In all seriousness, <laughs> I'd retweeted that. Oh, oh man. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That that caught me off guard because, you know, we're doing the show right now, and I'm like, okay, I got notes here, and I'm taking a look at things, and it's like, Maybe that's oh, funny. wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to call uh, Shinston Brain Scans, a, a division of the Shinston Stomach Pump Corporation. Well, if you go and you eat food that's bad enough that you're going to have to call the Shinston Stomach Pump people, you need to call the law offices of Stephen P. New because somebody <laughs> has swindled you. That's for sure because that food was not up to snuff. So I will say this, you definitely do not need to uh, eat there again, and you should definitely call the law offices of Stephen P. New, our great sponsor, our consigliere, our legal beagle here at Wide Men Can't Jump. Steve is a great friend of the little man, and and even the wide man, he's a great friend too. Am I right? Damn straight, you are right on the money there. What a man, what a guy, what a legend. Absolutely. Uh, so let's hear some more from the law offices of Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304 304- 362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New. Answers to your legal questions. That's right. Stephen P. New, the man, the myth, the legend. Check him out online at newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New, he is for you. Um, a little bit more news here. The Cleveland Cavaliers have uh, waived uh, Alfonso McKinney, and that will... Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro. Apparently, here here's what apparently here's what they did. They waived Alfonso McKinney, and then they said they will explore the possibilities of re-signing him if he clears waivers. Must be, must be, <laughs> must be a salary cap. Yeah, thing of that's some sort. Some kind of a salary cap. But when thing. you said um, when you said that, I thought you were talking about the guy who played Carlton on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> 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 Alfonso Ribeiro, I didn't, I didn't know he was in the league. <laughs> he, he's got a heck of a jump shot. Uh, he's actually been, I think, at some of the All Star game. Uh, he can dance up a storm. Let me tell you. Like, yeah, he was on Dancing with the Stars too, I believe. Uh, but um, yeah, speaking of the All Star game, a couple news notes here. Uh, it's in Chicago this year. Derrick Rose will be in Chicago for All Star Weekend. He will be in the Skills Competition. So that's some, that's some cool news. Derrick Rose entering the skills do, contest. Uh, is he going to go out there and show everybody how to get injured? Ouch. <laughs> well, I'm going to guess probably an ouch, yeah. You're probably ouch. right. Uh, another – another... I'm serious. What, what skill is he what, – what, what competition is he going in? The skills competition. But to, to do which skill? 
three point no, 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 no. The skills competition is uh, the, they dribble, they have to pass, they have to shoot, and make a layup. It's like a mixture of all of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, the, you know the only you know the only person who's going to be watching that is Boggus. Well, me. <laughs> I, no, you, I love the All Star Weekend. You'll tape it. Bogus is going to watch it live from like a drive-through somewhere. <laughs> He's got Direct TV to go. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Another, this is the Ed Bogus show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, really. Um, another announcement. Another announcement from uh, the NBA for All Star Weekend. Back in the dunk contest, Dwight Howard has returned to the NBA dunk contest. And, uh, you know, good for him. But, um, you know, that Superman dunk wasn't that impressive. He threw the ball in. He didn't even dunk it. Didn't even touch the rim. And how And how many years ago was that? Long time ago. Long time ago. Can Dwight Howard, well, I'm sure he can still dunk, but can he do it with any amount of anyone caring at this point? I mean, I'm sure he can. He's still seven foot tall. Don't get me wrong. Okay, but we don't need the the uh, minute bowl dunk where he walks under the basket, reaches up and hops, and 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 puts it. Well, in he he's been in some dunk contests before, and he actually won one. Um, there's been some good dunks with him. He he's done some good stuff, but um, he did one, and I think it's the bet one of the best dunks he's ever done, and nobody talks about it. He jumps up and put a sticker of himself. On the top, and when I say top, I mean the upper left-hand corner of the backboard. I don't mean the lower. I mean the upper. He took his hand and put it up there and then dunked the ball on the way down. It was actually a really cool dunk that he was able to get up as high as he did. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. A lot of people are high for it. I just thought he was an older guy now, and he might, you know, that's a possibility of injury when you start doing that crazy stuff. I, I just wonder if he's yeah. really willing to do anything nutty to. Besides, well, the, dunk, guess... the dunk competition has become rather passe the last few years. Yeah, unfortunately, not... you're right. Um, There's just not a whole lot left. I mean, what do you do? I mean, it's kind of yeah. Sort of I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, yeah, we the Aaron Gordon Zach Levine dunk contest was probably one of the best that we've ever seen. And I don't think we're ever going to get close to that again. And they, and um, they, want to, they don't want, you know, all the props and they don't want it to become stunts either. You know, guys jumping over cars and all this nonsense. Blake you know, Griffin jumping over a car should not have won that dunk contest. It was not that impressive. Well, Blake Griffin is paying for it because he just went, underwent what end of sur- uh, season end yeah, of knee um, surgery. Yeah, he underwent surgery on his left knee and he has extended rehab. Uh, so Blake, not looking good for Blake Griffin, and he's probably going to be uh, that might do it for his season. I don't know. Uh, I believe that's what I read, and if nothing else, I would think he, his days as a superstar, if they weren't already over, are over. He will just be a player from this point going forward i mean you you could be right there and that's a shame Blake griffin uh he was a good player but he's just been just plagued by injuries his whole career so we'll see what happens with him don't know how long he'll be out uh he's got a long way to go though after surgery so that hurts the pistons chances of pushing for a um a playoff berth so we'll see what happens there but they uh 
they are playing a little bit more of their rookie, uh, Dumbaye. So he's getting some more playing time now. So we'll see what happens there. The French, uh, the French Prince, I believe they're calling him. Um, oh, good Lord. I don't know. There could be a different name. I haven't really heard an official name. No, no I can't say that would surprise me in any way. Well, the Miami Heat are retiring Dwayne Wade's number three jersey during a three-day ceremony. Three whole days for number three, Dwayne Wade, February 21st through the 23rd. And, man, what why? a I, – I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know why it takes three days, but I guess because he's number three. And I just hope that when they retire oh, Dirk Kavinsky's jersey, he gets a 41-day yeah. ceremony. Say, thank God he's got a small number because that would be – when are they doing this again? What dates did you get? February 21st through the 23rd. They only play one game. Well, having, I guess they're just going to have play, a party. They play the 22nd versus Cleveland. They don't play on the 21st, and they don't play on the 23rd. Hmm. Well, they may just be having some festivities then. I'm not even – well, maybe they, uh, the first the ceremony is minus – no, what team does he play for? Sorry. Dwayne Wade – he played for the Heat. Um, and they're the ones that are retiring the number, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, so then they need at least one day. They have to have the ceremony without Jimmy Butler there. So, <laughs> that, there's no, so that there's no bitching and complaining. Uh, you know he will. Then they, then they have Wayne to, Wade didn't work hard enough. and They take know. one day to explain it to Jimmy Butler. Then they have the ceremony on the 22nd. And then on the 23rd, they have to let Jimmy Butler calm down. That's how that's <laughs> going to work out. It makes sense now. I think I think we now we uh, we figured out why. And Jimmy Butler figured... immediately changes his number to ninety nine. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's funny. Ah, uh, Jimmy Butler jokes never stop with him. But no, anyway. no, they don't. Just like just like everything he does, jokes never stop. Um. Well, let's see here. Dwayne Dedman has been fined $50,000 because he publicly went on record and said he wanted traded out of Sacramento. So apparently voicing your displeasure um, is not tolerated in the modern NBA. He's not, and, a, big enough, he's not a big enough star to make that call. He's LeBron exactly. and says that. And nobody says anything. But uh, Well, that's true. Uh, and Anthony Davis, who had that bad fall against the Knicks last night, um, apparently his MRI results are back. Uh, they're clean. He plans to travel with the team on the two-day road trip. So it looks like they may have survived a scary situation um, with Anthony Davis. You know what um, I've noticed about NBA players when they fall? What's they, that? They fall like toddlers. <laughs> Kind of do a little bit. You know, they do that sort of, I've lost my balance, just stopping thing, and then down they go. They would it be a horrible fall. idea? Would it be a bad idea to have NBA players that, uh, like, learn how to take a bump? Would that yeah, be a bad idea? No, because, they, like, they don't ever just fall. They like It's like somebody, you know, chopped a tree, and they kind of sort of teeter and take two steps and try to avoid. They'll just fall. Get it over with. 
but they don't. They, they look like little kids when they fall. It's or drunk or drunk people. If you've ever seen yeah, I mean guy. they they do yeah. fall awkwardly. Normally their feet kick out, and then I'm like, guys, tuck your chin, flat back, flat back, but they don't. <laughs> Unfortunately, so. <laughs> somebody comes out of the crowd and RKO is Anthony Davis. <laughs> Speaking of which, this isn't basketball related, but I got to bring it up. Uh, the security people tackled on Monday Night Raw. They tackled the guy that was playing the priest in the ring. What did you see that? Uh, yeah, what the hell was that called? Somebody really <laughs> like you're supposed to be watching the ring, right? Yeah. You didn't you, okay, so you didn't see that guy standing in there for the last ten minutes? Oh that man. now you decide to go you know, to hammer him down? <laughs> that was so funny. I couldn't stop laughing when I found out it was the guy that was playing the preacher. Speaking of oh, speaking man. of which when we touched on wrestling quickly for a moment there, give the uh, give our man uh, the Appalachian Dream a quick shout out. Yeah, Casey King, the Appalachian Dream. Uh, he just won the FTC Heavyweight title, Casey King getting his first major world title, or world title, heavyweight title, uh, with FTC out of Ironton, Ohio. So congratulations to Casey King on a big win. Um, He's now one ahead of pole bounds. (laughs) Not according to that book. But But Speaking uh, of of which also, a quick shout out to uh, the... Uh, with the Blaze with Bell to Bell Boys. Thanks for the shout out, guys. It was that was nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy and Bobby and Tex. Uh, hope, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, thanks again for shouting us out on your episode and uh, basically well, they saying they cursed you out a tiny. Yeah, bit. they did, didn't they? I listened to it. And I'm like, oh man, they don't like my guy superhuman. <laughs> what was Jer- Jeremy's actual words? Were that slack jawed halfwit? I believe he called him. That's what he called him. And uh, he said, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and Blaze Bobby said, blocked him, for Christ's Yeah, Blaze blocked him on Twitter. And Jeremy said, I'm thinking about unfollowing Nate because he always shares his video. <laughs> Listen, oh, wow. I'll explain myself here. I'm okay with someone hurting themselves for my for amusement. My amusement. <laughs> I mean, you just... Uh... I mean, he, uh, uh, Jeremy tweeted last night something about moving to Canada, and I promptly told him, well, I got a futon, so I got even with him. <laughs> but no, <laughs> go check them out. The Bobby Blaze podcast, Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. They did a great episode on frauds and wrestling, mm-hmm. so go check that out. All uh, right, shifting gears back to the NBA. Uh, here's one that I found interesting. Detroit and Atlanta have engaged in trade talks for Andre Drummond. There's no imminent deal, but Detroit is talking to the Hawks and several other teams about Drummond. Drummond has a $28 million player option for next season, and he is unlikely to exercise, and that will force the Pistons to consider the possibility of losing him in free agency. Among teams, there's an increasing belief that Drummond will be moved before February 6th and the trade deadline. So Andre Drummond could be gone and we could, you know, Blake Griffin's hurt. So we could be seeing the end of an era in Detroit with what they have been doing now, um, recently. Now, the first thing I thought when you said that was that I thought you were going to say Atlanta and Detroit were engaged in a slap fight. That's where my mind went. Not in a, <laughs> not in a trade thing for Andre Drummond. Um, 
are the Pistons just are like getting prepared to just blow it up yet again? And, yeah, I think that's what they're doing. And uh, we might as well. We're not winning anyway. But that, yeah. How long has it been since the Pistons have been any good? Well, they won it a seems, title. It seems they won like a title a back in the um, mid-2000s there, early 2000s. Okay, so not that long, really. No, no. Not, I mean, not New York, not New York Knicks long. Or, uh, <laughs> no, not Timberwolves long. They've hovered around uh, mediocrity for a while. So, uh, you know, they made the move to bring Blake Griffin in. That really hasn't paid off too much. Um, I mean, they've thought I mean, Andre Drummond would be the way to go. It hasn't worked. Uh, Reggie Jackson's been kind of meh. Uh, they just uh, they get those middle they get those middle picks in the draft, and they just never really seem to get better, but they don't get worse. They're just kind of hovering in mediocrity. It's the I only mean, way I can put it. You know that it's it's got to be bad in the city of Detroit when you've got the Red Wings, who suck. Sorry, Mark, but they suck balls. The, <laughs> fuck, the fucking Detroit Lions. Yeah. And, the, uh, and the, the Pistons, the Tigers aren't any good. Everything in that town sports-wise just is horrific these days. Uh, well, the auto industry isn't knocking people down either, so yeah, uh, Detroit's actually, struggling. Not a, yeah, not a happy place to be from what I understand. So maybe you know, at least they could – we'll allow them to have a half-decent basketball team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, that's that's some of the news notes that's going around there. Oh, wait a minute. Breaking news. There is literally breaking news. This literally just popped up, and this is breaking news. Hold on. Apparently, Victor Oladipo will make his season debut against the Bulls. On January the 29th. That is what uh, sources are reporting. So okay, he says he will. What? How in the hell can they know that three weeks from now? That's his plans. He plans to make his season debut on January 29th against well, the Bulls. That's not breaking news. That's. Who gives a shit news? That's big news for Pacers no, fans. Me when he's get, when I know he's going to play for sure. Three weeks from now, good lord, he could break his leg in three weeks. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen. But he's well, no, I don't leave. wish that on the guy. He's had enough bad luck. He don't need any more. But uh, I hate when they do that. They can't even tell me if Kawhi's going to play from day to day. But now they're going to give me that this guy's coming back in exactly three weeks. Well, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But apparently, uh, the report is he'll be back January the 29th. So everybody, get ready uh, for Victor Oladipo providing that. I, mean, I hope I, I hope that's the case. I mean, they, uh, you know, he's a pretty big name that's being missed out. Uh, you know, because he's not. Yeah. Playing, so. Yeah, and and that's only going to make the Pacers better, but. One thing that'll make you better is if you head on over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC and buy some things. And I want to wish um, wish our guy Michael over there, who uh, has been having some recent health problems, I want to wish him wish him well. Um, 
I don't know if you saw this, Tim. He had an attack of Bell's palsy um, recently. You, you, I didn't see it, but you told me about it. Tim. Yeah. So, uh, but he, he's back working, uh, doing doing better. You know, still having a little bit of paralysis problems, but they said it takes a little time to heal up. So hopefully, everything gets back to normal, hundred percent. So go over to Facebook. Apparently, they're cataloging a lot of wrestling action figures. They've got over five hundred brand new action figures that they're putting out. They've got all kinds of different collectibles and, and things over there that you need to check out. There's some really cool stuff, Tim. I don't know if you've, uh, have you ventured over I, to the atomic comics and collectible site recently? I saw some posts they had where they had like totes full of action figures, mm-hmm. like, like hundreds of them. And I'm just like, okay, that's, I gotta be honest. That's not really my thing, but if it was, I would be awful excited. Yeah, and they're going to start putting those up here really soon. Uh, they did post, I don't know if you guys are anybody out there, original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Every episode that was ever made, you can get the uh, the DVDs, either $6 a piece, or you can get the whole set for $60. Is it including that uh, uh, never uh, uh, aired episode, uh, T.R. Goes Mutant Ninja Turtle in the series of Philadelphia? I can't say that I've seen that one, but uh, sure. Well, we'll of course say you didn't. It the... didn't air. Of course you didn't. Well, see that's it. true. That's true. And they also are selling the Baby Yoda set. They've got a bunch made, or they've ordered five. Two have already been claimed. Uh, they're getting five of the Mandalorian plush 11-inch Baby Yodas. You should check them out over there. They're available for pre-order. It's Get them now great. because they will sell out. Is that the Baby Yoda that's pre-BR or post-BR? I believe that's post-BR. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) And only you and I know about that. But anyway, let's hear some more from Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Again, thanks to our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check them out. But uh, right now, Tim, I want to take a moment, and we talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers and a lot of the stuff that's going on with them. Well, I wanted to get to the bottom of things, so I got a hold of Grant Puskar. That's the man in Cleveland. He's got the scoop, and I wanted to get a hold of him and talk to him about what's going on in Cleveland. And... uh, so, yeah, let's go ahead, and what do you say we do, Tim? Move the scotch in a circular motion, Nate. 
Back on Wide Men Can't Jump is the host of the Cleveland Surge podcast and director, or co-director of the NFL Unwrapped. He's a diehard Cleveland fan, Grant Puskar. Grant, thanks for coming back on the show with us. Yeah, man, thank you guys for having me. I'm really happy to be back. It's always a good time over here, so I'm happy to be back. Uh, it's always good to have you on the show, but uh, I wish we could have you on under brighter circumstances. Cleveland, you know, we talked earlier <laughs> in the year we didn't expect the Cavs to really light up the world this year. Uh, they're sitting at 10 and 26 as of this recording. Um, they're in 13th spot. Uh, but believe it or not, they're only about um, six games out of eighth place right now in the in the East. And then uh, seven and a half games out of the seventh spot. So, I mean, granted, a little early to be talking about playoff potential. But Cleveland Cavs at 13 not exactly the the best of times in Cleveland right now. Let's go ahead and start with the biggest topic first, Kevin Love. That's the the one that everybody's throwing out there. Kevin Love seems like he's been what well, um disgruntled would be the word with uh the Cleveland Cavaliers so far. Uh what's up with Love? Like what what's what's got him so fired up? Is it just him not used to losing as much you think he'd be good at it he played in minnesota for so many years and as a minnesota fan i can say that um but you know he signed that big extension not too long ago to stay there in cleveland i mean he's he's locked into 2022 2023 what's what's up with kevin love yeah man for sure it's 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 really disappointing so i tweeted out probably um 30 minutes to an hour ago how disappointing it is that Kevin Love has, with his actions in, in recent, um, in really the past week, has taken away some of my love for him just because, you know, that 2016 run was absolutely special, obviously. One of the best years of my life as well as the best years in recent Cleveland history in a long time, Cleveland sports history, that is. Um, and then to act like this, you know, he, he wanted an extension after LeBron left. He wanted, he clearly, that meant he wanted to be a leader. Um and now he's seeing how hard it really is to be a leader of the team where, I mean, he he seems like a smart guy. He, he has to know that we're in rebuild mode. Um, he had to know that we were going to be in rebuild mode for many years just because, I mean, once a, a guy of LeBron's caliber leaves, I mean, you're, you're not going to be that good. I mean, any, any guy that follows basketball knows that roster surrounding LeBron was not good. LeBron really carried. Um, so, for Kevin Love to act the way he is, you know, saying the things that he said to our GM at the game where he was, um, the GM yelled down and threatened him to find him, and Kevin Love yells back, you know, oh, I have plenty of money, go ahead. Like, you just don't do that. Um, he's got to be a leader. Kendrick Perkins added him on Twitter and said, um, you know, being a leader is pretty tough, huh? And he didn't – I don't really think he got the memo. I mean, he's averaging 16.4 points per game this year, excuse me, 10.3 boards. So he is averaging a double-double. Um, but the numbers are down. The big thing is – it's going to be so hard to move him because his contract, the Cavs still owe him $90 million, which no one wants to take that on for a guy um, his age, let alone only averaging 16.4 points per game. A lot of people holding on to the fact that maybe he needs a refreshment in terms of a new location. Um, and then he could, his numbers could go back up. You never know. Um, there's been so many trade packages that I've seen. Um, the one that I love the most proposed to me is if the Cavs were to trade love and Tristan Thompson and in return from the Blazers, they would get, Whiteside, LaVissiere, Bazemore, and a 2021 first-round pick. That seems like a load, um, but Tristan Thompson and Whiteside, that would basically be a swap. 
Um, and then, really, you're getting Lemissier, Bazemore, and a first-round pick for Kevin Love, which seems like a haul. Now, if the Blazers think they're ready to win now, they would do that, which I don't think they are. They're kind of having a down year. But I do think it is time to move on from Kevin Love, and I'm praying to God they find a trade for him before the deadline in February. And all this situation with the GM and everything like that, I mean, the GM, he, he's been very outspoken. His... I don't know if you saw the clip of him playing defense the other night. Uh, he just walked. He was walking. He just seemed like he was completely done and fed up and, and ready to go somewhere yeah. else. Um, you know, has the has there been any meetings with the GM? Does he dislike the coaching staff? Like, is he not a fan of what Beeline is doing? I mean, has anyone really pinpointed the problem here with Kevin Love? So, a report came out a couple – I believe it was – Wednesday or Thursday where he was complaining that the the first team, the starters were being selfish. Um, it came out, he was referring to Colin Sexton. Apparently him and Colin Sexton don't have the best relationship. Now, Kevin Love did a couple of days ago post a picture of Sexton specifically saying on Instagram that he loves his teammates. But, I mean, what else are you going to say when you're taking fire from everyone and their brother about whether you're happy or not? So, really, I think it's, he he's tired of losing. Um, he, he took some shots at B-line. Um, not direct shots, but just little comments. Um, and you even see him in post-game press conferences. Like one, one like a couple of weeks ago, they asked him after the game. It was like a 40-point loss. Just asked him what was going on, and he just said flat out, we suck. Now, they do suck, but you don't want to hear that from your leader and the guy you're paying four years, $130 million worth of a contract to. Um, John Beeline actually defended Kevin Love the other day. And, and and said that it's his fault um, for, for Kevin Love's actions, which I, I, I did not think that was a good move. Um, and he also insisted that Kevin Love's antics won't impact the Cavs' young, young players. Um, I, I, I tend to disagree with that John Beeline statement just because if you're a young core trying to learn from a guy who has done um, decent stuff and has some pretty solid accolades in the NBA, you just don't want to hear that. You, you won't look up to him as a leader. Um, so he, for me, if he wants to stay, he's got to regain the trust of the locker room and the coaching staff back. But really, I think he's, he's tired of losing in the end. Well, he picked the wrong place to stay if he was tired of losing, because I don't want to be that guy, but we all saw it coming. I think once LeBron left, we were kind of sitting there going, okay, they got, got all these players that are young coming in they've really thrown it into that whole, Hey, let's just rebuild, see what happens. Kevin loves 31 years old. And, um, you know, he's right in his prime and Cavs are on a four game losing streak right now. So I don't know if, if there is a potential deal being worked out or if he will get moved or what have you, that's just, that's a big contract for people to take on. And it's probably the last major contract of his career that he's going to have in terms of that kind of money. So I don't know if Portland seems to be the team that everyone is uh, kind of pairing him with. I could see a few others getting involved, maybe depending. Um, I wouldn't hate a reuniting of him in Minnesota. Um, I think that would be really interesting to see if maybe there's a, a move that could be made to bring him back to Minnesota to kind of pair him with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. I, I think that would be interesting. For sure. There's been well, there's um. There's been there were two more that I got from uh, the score app the other day. This one I don't think would ever happen. Um, 
But it was Warriors get Kevin Love and Cavs get D'Angelo Russell and Amari Spellman. That's probably not very likely. Another one I saw was 76ers get Love, and we would get Horford in a 2024 first-round pick. So you just don't know. Kevin Love, I don't know if you know this, he also is from Portland, so you would think he would love to be back in his hometown. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see there. Well, let's look at some other players here on the Cavs. Colin Sexton is a guy that I'm interested in. You know, he was a a solid pick a few years ago. He's averaging 18 points per game, but as a point guard, he's only averaging two assists. Is this just a more of a beeline thing for those that maybe aren't following the Cavs as close? Uh, beeline likes to let his guys fire at will. Um, well, that's Colin Sexton, you know, shooting well, but his assists are kind of down this year. What What's going on with, with Colin Sexton as a guard? Yes, yeah, so he's averaging 18.5 points per game. Like you said, the two, 2.3 assists per game are, are very concerning. And you mentioned John Beeline. Um, you love – it's so easy to always look at the coach and, and, and try to blame, you know, the coach for, for what, whether it be play, like uh, play calling or schemes or just anything like that. But – Colin Sexton's court vision he, this year, he has had some of the the absolute worst court vision I have seen from a Cavs guard in a long time. Um, back, going back to Kevin Love, even how I say he thinks some of the guys are being selfish. I'm referring to Colin Sexton. I love the young boy. I love Colin Sexton. Um, I get very disappointed every time that I hear. I've actually heard Sexton trade rumors uh, this season, and I I do think Sexton is our future at point guard. Um, but, yeah, the assists are just are, are super concerning. Like I said, going back to the, some of the clips I've seen with his problems with his court vision, I mean, guys are just wide open, and he's dribbling. He's either dribbling with his head down, he's not looking up, um, or he just blatantly avoids throwing, passing the ball down low. So it's stuff that needs to get worked out, needs to get worked out soon. Um, like you said, it's, just, it's frustrating because you want to think he's a guard of the future. I mean, he's, he, he's a, he can score. Um, he's electric. Defense, ball pressure is insane. Um, but yeah, the assist, they've got to get better. Garland, uh, Darius Garland is another young rookie. He's averaging 11.7 points per game. Um, he's just, he won't, he just won't shoot. He's super hesitant. And that also goes back to being a rookie. I mean, Sexton did that some last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really do think that could be our backcourt of the future. Um, obviously they're super young. I mean, Garland's 19. Sexton is just a few years older than that. So it's going to take some time to work everything out. I think in a couple of years they will be they will be pretty good. Um, it's easy for me to say that just being a diehard Cleveland Cavaliers fan. But yeah, Sexton scoring well, but that, that court vision has to be a lot better. Well, they also made a trade recently to bring in a guy who's um, a lot of people would would call him a bust, Dante Exum. Uh, they bring him in. And he's he's played some for Cleveland in his limited minutes with Cleveland. How do you feel Exum has uh, adapted to his new environment now that he's out of Utah? Yeah, so Dante Exum is a pretty interesting guy. He was that fifth overall pick in, I believe, 2014. Um, like you mentioned, as a bus is is 100% accurate. So far in his NBA career, he has been nothing on a bust. Um, but a lot of people are saying his, his, uh, move, his move to Cleveland could do him uh, some – do him a, a very good solid. I mean, last night was was awesome. We were um, we were just down the whole game, um, and we went on a thirty-two to six run. Um, Dante Exum had twenty of the Cavs' twenty-six points at one point. Dropped twenty-eight on eleven of thirteen from the field, four of four um, from three, career high. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he works out. Another guard. Um, obviously, we have Sexton. 
uh, Garland, obviously Exum now, KPJ. We we have Delhi, obviously. I hope Delhi's millions go down. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, he. It's just interesting with him. Like you said, he's been a bust. But that that game last night, man, it was awesome. I I, I don't think he can keep playing at that high of a level only because we've seen how his career has gone. His career numbers, I believe, his career he's averaging around five points a game, which is which is absolutely that's like nothing. But twenty eight points a game, not going to get that. Maybe somewhere from 8 to 12 a game it would be good for him. Um, and I definitely think he can do it on a team like the Cavs. Now, when the Cavs get good and if he's still around, will be interesting. Um, but definitely look for him to get increased minutes, especially with Kevin Porter Jr. now being injured for a couple weeks. Um, and just trying new lineups. I mean, at this point, we're 10, 26, like you mentioned at the beginning. Um, they have nothing to lose in trying to give guys like Dante X some more minutes and, and see what they can do with that extended playing time. So I'm rooting for the guy. Um, like you said, definitely been nothing but a bust, but we'll have to see. Uh, like I said, I'm rooting for the guy, so we'll have to see. I don't call anyone a bust until they're officially out of the league. Uh, anybody can turn it around. <laughs> um, but let's uh, – you mentioned Kevin Porter Jr. and his injury. What's uh, What kind of status do you have? What kind of updates do you have on uh, his injury? Yeah, so last night in the game as well, um, Kevin Porter Jr. went down. It was a non-contact injury. And when you see non-contact injuries in any sport and you see a guy instantly grab their knee, you right away think ACL and you, you hold your breath. Um, and that's what all of Cleveland thought. I mean, last night, once it took took the air out of Rock and Morgan's Fieldhouse, I wasn't there, but just watching the game, everyone was 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 very, very scared and very nervous and awaiting the announcement. But it ended up being just a sprained knee. Um, they said he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. So once we – hopefully – you know, hopefully he can come back. No point in rushing him back, like we're 10 26. But he's been off to, to a good start to his rookie year. He's shown a lot of flashing potential, only averaging 8.5 points per game, um, 3.3 rebounds, basically no assists, only just under two. So um, he's an electric young player. He shows a lot of potential, like I said. But he is out two weeks right now with that knee sprain. He'll be reevaluated after those two weeks are up. Okay. Well, I hope he's okay. You know, he's a young player, and uh, he's got some growing to do. But he was a late pickup in the draft, and I think he's got some potential. Let's look at another guy who was a, kind of a late pick in the draft, but a lot of people thought it could turn into something, and I'm not exactly tearing the world up right now. Larry Nance Jr., uh, this is a guy very athletic, can do a lot of things. You know, he's uh, six foot seven, so he kind of falls in between that small forward, power forward, you know, probably too big to be a, um, a guard, but just not quite big enough to really dominate at power forward or small forward. Uh, he's averaging eight points a game, seven rebounds. He's getting about 24 minutes per game. Has Larry Nance's time in Cleveland been disappointing since the move was made to bring him over? I, I wouldn't say disappointing. I think this year it's been disappointing. Um, but when they brought him in uh, with Jordan Clarkson, I think he provided a very strong spark off the bench. But this year, definitely, um, just just even last year too, just with um, the reboot going on in you know, him being – you can consider a veteran league if you want to. He's been around for some time now. Um, I wouldn't say disappointing, just just, just nerve-wracking almost because, you know, these guys that we have on our roster, got rid of Jordan Clarkson, but guys like Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Larry Nance, guys, even Brandon Knight, guys who have been in the league for some time, you expect to see solid numbers from them, from them excuse me, day in and day out, no matter if you're in rebuild mode or not. And like you touched on the stats this year, eight points and seven rebounds a game is is not a lot, especially for 24 minutes of play. So 
Um, disappointing, I wouldn't say is the right word, but uh, worrisome, I can definitely label that, just because, like I said, you, you got to get more out of your veterans, especially when you're when you're trying to teach the teach the young guys the game, especially when you're on a team in 110% rebuild mode. So definitely worry. He's injured right now, too. He's going to be out one to two weeks. I forget what the injury is, but he'll be back in one or two weeks. So hopefully when he comes back healthy, he can step it up a little bit. Who on this Cavs team has surprised you this year? Who did you think, ah, I don't expect much out of this guy, or this guy's not really uh, you know, going to be a big part of our team, but yet he's come has come through and played better than you thought for this Cleveland Cavaliers squad? It's, it's such a tough question because, you know, I, Jordan Clarkson, obviously he's gone. He was a veteran. He had a he had a good start to the year, except he was very inconsistent. Kevin Love obviously obviously has been disappointing. Um, if I'm gonna go with one guy, I'm gonna go with Darius Garland, just because he's had an all time high in terms of his confidence. He started off a year very slow, not taking the shots that he's that we need him to take. Um, and I can't honestly say, like you to your point, I didn't expect a tougher him. I expected him to have a slow start just like Colin Sexton did in his rookie year last year. Um, but the past few games, he's been right up there with Colin Sexton. You know, both of them were getting uh, twenty around 20 points a game from both of them a night. And he's finally starting to take the shots that we needed him to take. Those those step-back threes, um, that's what we brought. That's what we drafted him for. He's, he's a known shooter. Um, he can shoot the three ball very well. Um, you know, his core vision is, is ten times better than Sexton's. Um, so – I would have to go with him. I'm I'm waiting on Dylan Windler as well. Um, he hasn't played a game. He's that guy we drafted with the with our second pick of uh, this past year's draft. Um, I'm really excited to see him play. He was a career, I believe, 42% three point shooter in college, which is is, is a very high mark from the three point um, range. So we're gonna have to wait and see him. But definitely Darius Garland, just because of he he's blossomed a lot quicker than Colin Sexton in his rookie year. He's understanding the game better. Like I said, taking the shots and he didn't take Kevin Love earlier in the year when he wasn't crying, even came out and said, uh, excuse me, Darius Garland, Darius Garland can go 20 of a hundred on threes in, in random spurts. As long as he's taking those shots, he's going to start knocking them down. He's going to get better. And I think he's finally understanding that. And he's finally starting to do that. And I think he has a lot more upside than Colin Sexton. So I'm really excited to watch Garland play the rest of this year. Well, let me ask you this. John Beeline, his first year, was a college coach at Michigan. Um, there was also um, times he was at West Virginia, which, you know, we, we had him here at WVU, uh, go Mountaineers. But um, he transitions to the NBA this year, takes over, a, a, I think, a tough assignment with this Cleveland team. How's he doing, you think, so far? How do you think John Beeline's doing? And do you think that style, that two-point guard style that he likes to run, is going to translate to the NFL? Excuse me. I've been watching playoff football the past few days. <laughs> the NBA. Do you think it's going to translate to the NBA? I do think it will. I, I'm high. I'm still high on John Beeline. Um, like I mentioned earlier about Kevin Love again, the comment where he kind of put the blame on himself for the Kevin Love antics, I, I, that's the only thing I've disliked from him this year. Um, because you just don't do that. I mean, there's no reason to blame yourself for a veteran, you know, who's getting paid $130 million on a contract and is playing like he's worth, you know, two years, $33 million. Um, you, you just don't want to put that on yourself. But, I mean, I, I, he's, a, he's a good coach. I think he's going to work out. I do like the two-guard scheme. Um, do I think Sexton and both Garland are going to be 
the future. I do, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago when talking about Garland, I just there, there's a lot that needs to go on. Um, the, the, the reports that came out a couple weeks ago about how he was kind of losing the locker room. I think that was a smoke screen. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't see that happening, especially with what Tristan Thompson has said about the guy, um, just how he's a great coach and they really have their full trust invested into John Beeline and they believe Beeline can be the guy to take them um, out of rebuild mode and be a competitive ball club in a couple of years. So I like the guy. Um, he's had, he's ran some nice inbound plays. I know that's kind of a little, little thing and people don't really pay much attention to that, but those points can come can matter, especially late in the game. Um, so I like his schemes overall. He's going to be a good coach, and I definitely do think he's the guy to lead us out of rebuild mode within these next couple of years. Tristan Thompson, you brought his name up. Double-double guy, solid piece. He's getting paid $18 million this year. He's 28 years old. This is the last year on his contract. Does he stick around? Do you see him in a Cleveland Cavaliers uniform next year, or are they going to let him walk? I definitely do believe they're going to let Tristan Thompson walk. Um, like you mentioned, last year on the contract, 18 million a year guy, averaging 12, 12 and a half points per game as well as 10.3 rebounds, same mark as Kevin Love. Um, I do see him walking. They may even trade him before the deadline early February. Um, I don't have much on that. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the Kevin Love trade, I, he's been packaging that a few times. Um, but, yeah, I definitely don't think he's worth bringing back, um, whether you draft a young center um, in this upcoming draft, or you or you trade him for the deadline and get a guy like Whiteside. I think Whiteside, I would much rather have him than Tristan Thompson. Um, he does love Cleveland. That's the only thing that sucks. I've always been a guy who 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 hates to see guys who love Cleveland um, go. He hasn't complained as much, nearly as much as Kevin Love has about the Cavs being uh, so bad, but. I definitely do think they let him walk. He had that, you know, I don't know if you're familiar, he had that crazy start to the year uh, where he was just completely going off, putting up 20, 20, 20 and 10 every night. Um, he, Like I said, the averages, he's really cooled off. So I definitely do think they let him walk um, this year if they don't find a trade market, someone in the trade market for him before that February deadline. There's a lot of people I think could use a Tristan Thompson heading into the playoffs. I mean, for sure. yeah, I, I, LeBron likes him. So, I mean, even the Lakers might be interested, depending if they could get him on the cheap. I think the Lakers would take a swing at him because, you know, LeBron, he's willing to trade young assets for win-now talent. I mean, that's just how right. he operates. I mean, you could see Thompson in a lot of places. There's a lot of good teams that could use a big man like that. And he's especially good on the offensive glass. That's one area that he excels in okay. uh, in the league. And, and people don't talk about it. And that's something that I think is kind of a lost art is how good Tristan Thompson is at offensive rebounding. I mean, I haven't been able to really find too many offensive rebounding numbers on him this year, but has he been sticking with that as much? Because I'll be honest, I haven't got to see a lot of Cavs games this year. How's his offensive he rebounding has, yeah. been? Yeah, he's averaging four offensive rebounds a game. Um, so four of his ten, so almost half. So, yep, he's still he's still a force on offensive rebounding. That That's huge. I mean, like you mentioned, uh, uh a win-now team and a competitive team this year could really use that because um, he doesn't – I mean, it doesn't matter who he plays. He's a force in the paint no matter who he's matched up against, whether it's Embiid um, trying to just try to uh, rattle off some of the big um, big name big men at the top of our league. I mean, he competes day in and day out with anyone. So I 110% agree with you on the fact that a, a team, a playoff now team could definitely use that, especially, like I said, Four offensive rebounds a game out of your 10 is pretty big because it's almost half. So, 
Yeah, and one guy who we haven't talked about, he's actually making the uh, quite a bit of money on this team. Brandon Knight is he's still in the league, ladies and gentlemen. I know I'm surprised as well. I didn't know it. Uh, he doesn't play much, but he he would probably be a guy that was brought in to mentor Garland and Sexton. How much does his presence on this team affect those two guys, especially because he's kind of getting them prepared for what the NBA is? Definitely. Um, he he's only played in eleven games this year, um, out of, out of thirty six, which obviously is not a lot. Uh, the mentor, uh, being a mentor for Sexton and, and uh, Darius Garland, like you mentioned, uh, you're spot on. I definitely think that's his role on this team. Like I said, only playing eleven games. His the his role comes in practice, hundred ten percent. You know, teaching the guys about the game, um, teaching them the little things. You know, just just stuff like that. That's definitely his main role on this team, and I think he accepts it very well. You never see him, um, you never hear a peep out of him. Um, he got extended minutes in the game last night just because we're so banged up. Um, he brings a lot of energy. He does that every time he plays. Uh, always pumping his fist, getting the crowd excited. Um, but I definitely do think, like I said, his his main purpose is served in practice and and just mentoring those young guys, trying to get them to play at the highest level that they can play at. Well, one last question, and I'm going to let you go, and we're going to change it up here. We're not going to ask the Cleveland Cavaliers question. Who's going to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns next year? That's my question. Who's taking over that ship of uh, of uh, <laughs> Freddie Kitchens is now gone? Who's the man <laughs> in Cleveland? Oh, man. So, Josh McDaniels is 110% my guy. Um, he, he's young. He's not going to be everyone's best friend um, like, like Freddie Kitchens was. Um, there's rumors. I don't really think there's rumors at this point. He loved Baker Mayfield uh, a couple of days before that 2018 evaluation, and there was also rumors around drafting that the Patriots were going to trade up for Baker and have him back up Tom Brady until Tom Brady is done and Baker is ready. Um, so Josh McDaniels is my guy. Like I said, young guy, not going to be everyone's best friend. He's exciting. I think he does want to work with Baker. Um, and he's my guy. You know, uh, Rivera um, and McCarthy are both gone, so I think it is McDaniels or Butts at this point. You mean you don't want to interview Marvin Lewis? <laughs> give me a, give me a break. <laughs> Marvin Lewis actually said he, if he would interview for head coaching job, he that would be fine. But he has to be able to bring Hugh Jackson on as offensive coordinator, and we all know how that went for us. So oh yeah, know. yeah, that's uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, Grant, I appreciate your time coming on here and talking Cavs and Browns with us for a couple of minutes. Let's get a feel of the Cleveland, a uh, little bit of drama going on up there in uh, in the land. Won't you let our listeners know where they can find you, keep up with you, and uh, follow all your work that you're doing? Yeah, thank you guys again for having me. It's always a pleasure. I got to return the favor and get you guys. I uh, wanted you guys back on my show soon. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Grant Pushkar, P-U-S-K-R, with an underscore at the end. Same thing on Instagram. And the, I host the Cleveland Search Podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all those platforms. So thank you again for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's always a great time. Um, anytime, man. Always good to have you on. Always good to talk to somebody that's close to my market because you know, I'm only five hours from Cleveland. So. Appreciate you jumping on anytime and uh, hit me up. We'll do it again sometime. If you ever want any one of us on the show, just let me know. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Thank you again. Anytime. Thanks a lot, man. 
Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. That's right, stripcamfun.com. Go check them out. And uh, thanks again to Grant Puscar for jumping on and talking some Cleveland with us. Tim, you still with me? Uh, barely. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Tim. In celebration of Bogus's birthday, He's a good man, old Ed Bogus. And he wouldn't want it any other way. Heavy on the old. Bush. That's right. It's Bush League. It's back another week. Don't miss it on Bush League. So, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and uh, invite you to head over to the Wide Men Can't Jump Twitter and scroll down to the third video, and we will start there and work our way up, and you will determine our winner of Bush League this week. And I I think I have a a feeling as to who you're going to pick. But we'll see. We'll see. You never know. All right. Let me know when you are there. I'm ready. All right. Our first nominee this week, LeBron James find Rajon Rondo, who went down and slides face first, ball out of bounds on a fast break turnover, and Rondo just, uh, well, I think he got mixed up and uh, was trying to steal home there and just didn't happen. He looked like a guy who was, like, uh, trying to swim in sand there at the end. Yeah, he kind of was, and he just kicked the ball off his foot and just slip and slide in all the way down. Poor Rondo. Rondo, you know what that is. That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? That's Bush League. That was. Yes. Our next clip is a little longer. We're going to start here. Uh, This is the Kings and the Warriors, and this just needs a Benny Hill theme behind it. We get a steal, a missed layup, then we get a rebound, a throw over somebody's head, and then Fox picks it up, kicks the ball back to Bialicia, who goes to the post, turns the ball over. Warriors throw it. Stolen by Fox, who goes for a What an exchange of suckiness by these two teams. This was embarrassing. My God. Who, who is number, is it number 12 in yellow? Um, I believe black beard, with the black beard and the yellow hair or white hair. I believe that's Damian Lee. That's uh, he looks like he's wearing a hat. Or like, <laughs> or like one of those one of those uh, hair netty things. That's what it looks like. 
Yeah, that but what some, a... That is some incredible who, lack of talent there for a That looks like a grade league basketball sequence is what that looks that, like. That looks like that, grade school basketball. That looks like the wide man rec team. <laughs> this is August game. and the boys in Chinston playing pickup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's After I, I say that, but they would outrun me any day of the week. But, man, oh, man, oh, me, me the too. entire yeah. Golden State and, and, and Kings lineup, man, that right there, that was. I mean, that is Bush League. That's Bush League. And finally, Joel NB. You know, Tim, what we always like to say about Joel Embiid, right? Boy, that's some... I I don't know what to call that, mate. <laughs> well, you know what he did there? He was... Uh, Just a faucet. Kind of looked like uh, he was doing a public service announcement for domestic violence when he slapped that well, ball Well, uh, you know, Embiid goes up. To get the rebound, tips it up, then he does a volleyball spike out of bounds on the other end of the court. He 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 he's just so powerful, Nate. That you know he he he's a child. He doesn't know his own strength as he Apparently. beats that. That's just okay. What a god awful play that is. <laughs> and you know what it was? Bush League. Ah. Yeah, that's Bush League. All right, Tim. Three nominees. I mean, I love that Embiid thing because you know how much I don't like them. Yeah, there's there's just no way that that uh, thirty seconds of sheer tomfoolery, the Benny Hill clip, that that that's <laughs> I have to agree with you there. Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations to the Warriors and the Kings. You've all received a free pumping from the Shinston Stomach Pump Group. They'll be coming by to uh, clean your colon. Where you were going with free pumping? I thought, oh no, Nate, no. <laughs> No, no, not that. No, not that, mate. No, don't, don't say it. <laughs> but that has been this league, this week's Bush League. Bush, Bush League. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right. If you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Big thanks to our sponsors, Stay Classy Meats, and all of our other sponsors, Strip Cam Fun, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and New Law Offices. All right, well, the Denver Nuggets have been on a tear lately, but 
are they as good as they were last year? That's really the question that everyone's looking at right now. They're 25-11 and 11 as of this recording. Tim, I talked to TJ McBride, and he may have some shocking revelations for some people out there about the Denver Nuggets. Made from 100% chicken breast? Dear God. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. Shackleford says we got to roll the tape, so shall we roll it? Spin that baby. Back with us on the show is Nuggets beat writer for Mile High Sports and the host of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, and that's TJ McBride. TJ, thank you so much for jumping back on, talking a little basketball with us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to come on and talk some hoops. Oh, always good to have you, and. Uh, we also want to – I want to thank you personally for giving updates uh, that ESPN picks up for fantasy basketball purposes because you've made my life a lot simpler this year when you do those good reports. So uh, I know they pick up on you from time to time, so I appreciate that, and that helps me set my lineups a little better. I'm happy to always provide. That's the gig right there. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, anyway, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Denver Nuggets. They've got off to a great start yet again. As we're over a quarter of the way through the year, actually getting close to halfway uh, through the season so far. Right now, the Nuggets sit second in the Western Conference with a very good record, 25-11. and 11. They are 15-4 and four at home. Not shocking with uh, the way they play at home. And 10-7 and seven on the road. Uh, is this basically what you expected out of this Nuggets team this season to do kind of like more of the same from where they picked up last year? So the record is is what I expected, but the way they've gotten there is not what I have expected. They have been far more dysfunctional than their record actually shows. Nikola Jokic has been a shell of himself for, I would say, 60% of the season. Um, for having guys healthy, they have been ha- having trouble figuring out their rotation. The defense was great to start the year and has now fallen off the cliff, while the offense was a disaster to start the year and has now finally risen back up into that top 10 territory. And they just really haven't been able to put together uh, a, a complete 48-minute game, and they have not been able to play at their peak level for more than seemingly like a quarter and a half at a time so yes their record is there yes they've been able to get these wins but I do not believe they have played as well as their record looks and that's going to be an interesting thing to monitor going forward because they're stacking wins that's a very very important thing but will they will they be able to flip a switch once you start getting the meaningful playoff basketball and late season basketball because right now they are not playing anywhere near their best in my opinion well, they're averaging 109 points per game versus an opponent points per game average of 105. Um, not a huge margin of error there, only four points. I mean, they beat the Hawks on the road recently, uh, but they only won by eight. And, and to me, that's a team that the Nuggets should be showing up and just showing out on. I know Nikola Jokic had a, had a nice game against Atlanta in that game, but that's a team that, that – maybe your starter shouldn't even be playing the last, you know, five, ten minutes of that game. What what seems to be the problem? Like, why do you think that they're struggling to put together a full game? Like, what have you seen from this team that maybe needs to improve? Well, it's so frustrating because I've been covering this team for five years now, and I 
physically, I can't figure it out. I don't know what it is. On one night, the bench is a disaster, and the starting unit is great on both ends. On the other night, the offense is great, and the defense is bad. Another night, the defense is great, and the offense is bad. Sometimes Nikola Jokic is great. Sometimes it's Jamal Murray. Sometimes it's Will Barton. There's so much randomness to it that I can't find a realistic trend. And what I keep falling back on is that maybe this Nuggets team doesn't take basketball in December and January seriously. That's all I can really think of because these issues, they're not consistent. There's nothing um, rhythmic about what they're doing wrong. And I have not been able to put my finger on one thing where you're like, if you fix that, things are going to change. It's a multitude of different things that pop up at different times. And because of that, it's been very difficult to diagnose this Nuggets team. Well, you talk about Nikola Jokic, and obviously he's the, the the focal point of this of this team. He is really the the straw that stirs the drink, if you can put it that way. He's having a great year, numbers wise. Is there something that the numbers aren't telling us though? Because he's averaging eighteen points per game, almost ten rebounds per game. Let's just call it nineteen. Let's say he's averaging nineteen and ten because the averages are basically there, and his assists are up. Is he really? Is is he really the numbers showing how good he's been this year, or has he actually been a little off based on what you've seen? I would say he's been off this year. I don't know what it is, but mentally he has not been as engaged this year. He seems frustrated, disinterested even at times. And the pass-happy, altruistic, egalitarian offense that the Nuggets had for so long is just a thing of the past at this point. You're not seeing those 8, 9, 10 pass possessions and all that ball movement and Nikola Jokic finding cutters for wide-open buckets and hitting three-point shooters. For some reason, that offense just doesn't exist anymore. It's just been gone for most of this season. You'll see little pieces of it, but it has in no way, shape, or form manifested itself in a consistent way on the floor, and that has to fall back on Nikola Jokic in some regard. The offense is built around him. So when he is not as engaged, when he seems to be frustrated or even moping from time to time out of that frustration, it's taken a toll on the Nuggets offense. And it's not just him. There's a lot of other factors. They're playing so much slower. Jamal Murray has taken a whole lot of you know nine dribble possessions that end in a mid-range pull-up jumper. Gary Harris's shot has not fallen. There's a lot of reasons outside of Nikola Jokic why the offense hasn't been there. But it's hard not to look at Nikola for the uh, the biggest reason, the biggest culprit for the Nuggets' issues right now offensively. Well, you brought up uh, Jamal Murray, and he's been he, he's been playing just pretty normal Jamal Murray basketball, where sixteen and eight against Atlanta, but against Washington in a loss, a thirty nine point performance uh, against Indiana, he had twenty two and seven. Um, you know, he, I believe he's dealt with some injuries this year, if I'm not mistaken. I think I saw he was hurt a, a little bit. Um, Jamal Murray, what what's going on with him? How is this nugget? Because you mentioned he's taking nine dribble possessions. What's going on? Is it more Jokic or, or is Murray just kind of settling when he should be pushing? Yeah, so when Jokic was not really as engaged to start the season, Jamal Murray really put a lot of the pressure of carrying the team on his own shoulders. And being that he got that maximum contract, the contract extension over the summer, and that he's been expected to take a leap, he's kind of you know forced himself into that role. Unfortunately, that has not gone hand-in-hand with what the Nuggets do well as a team. He's trying to just dribble the air out of the ball in a lot of possessions and make it more about his own number being called as opposed to trying 
trying to get the team into their offense, and it hasn't been as functional. And that's not to say he hasn't been a better creator. He has been a better creator. He has been a better defender, but he has not played within the Nuggets offense. He's kind of played in spite of the Nuggets offense. And because of that, him and Nikola Jokic have not coexisted as well. Their two-man game works extremely well, but when they're not just running dribble handoff and pick and roll one after another together, they they don't really coexist in the same manner as you would expect them to. So it's kind of been an interesting, again, conundrum. It's Jamal Murray at this point, if he wasn't going into a maximum contract extension, would still be a very exciting young player. But now that the expectations of him stepping in to being the second star on this Nuggets team and fulfilling a maximum contract, he has had some struggles. And I think he has a lot of ways that he needs to improve for the Nuggets to be their best. Because right now, Jamal at his best has not been the Nuggets at their best. Well, speaking of not being at their best, Paul Millsap, I have been incredibly disappointed with Paul Millsap this season. Um, 11 points per game, almost, we'll call it 12, six rebounds per game. But the past few games, I'm looking at the, these numbers. They are not impressive at all. Two points against Atlanta, six against Indiana, 12 against Washington. And I believe I even saw earlier in the season, he's had he had a, a zero-point night. That's just not something that Paul Millsap can afford to do, in my opinion, for this Nuggets team to get where they're capable of going. What's going on with Paul Millsap? Uh, To be honest with you, I could not disagree more. I think Paul Millsap accepting that – fifth option on offense and being the guy that moves the ball and does the little things and sets flare screens and is a great defender and kind of acts as that free safety on defense is far more important than the scoring output could ever be. If he ends up being your first or second leading scorer in a game, that's usually because other players are struggling themselves. So for me, I don't really look at his point output as a much of a meaningful factor as to what he can bring but what I will say that definitely lends itself to your point is that he has not been as good recently and it's directly correlated since he's come back from his injury him and Jamal Murray collided uh, about two weeks ago and ever since Paul Millsap has been in and out of the lineup and has not been 100% in my eyes. So I chalk that up much more to him coming back from injury. But when I go back to what Paul Millsap was able to do to start the year, he was a 50% three-point shooter and arguably a defensive player of the year candidate to start the year. He was leading the Nuggets to the number one defensive team in the NBA. He was the just elite low man as a as – a, uh, like basically when you play pick and roll and you hedge out, you have to have a guy who can rotate over to the big man who's rolling – and Paul Millsap in that role was spectacular in the, to start the year. So hopefully he can get back to that role. But right now, after coming back from that injury, he just has not been that good. And that is worrisome. Well, see, and that's why I have you on, because you can disagree with me, and I totally understand. And uh, you know what? I follow the team closer than I do, so you would know better. That's always good, because, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't got to watch as much Nuggets basketball this year as I would want to. But you've just filled me in on something that I needed to know. So that's yeah, that's why Paul we have guys like you on. Guys too. He, he just goes so much beyond the box score. It's so hard to quantify the impact that Paul Millsap has. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we and that's why I like to get experts on here because if I just look at the box score it says one thing, but you as the guy that follows the team, you know better than I do. So that's that's one of those Kind of, uh, you can learn more from talking to somebody that follows the team, and that's why we do what we do here. Um, Michael Porter Jr., let's talk about him a little bit. A lot of hype coming out. The injury, didn't play at all all last year. 
not blowing the world up in the box score department. But the other night, he did show glimpses of brilliance. He had 25 against Indiana. What's your thoughts on Michael Porter Jr. going forward with this Nuggets team? Is this a guy who they're kind of hoping what you saw against Indiana is going to turn into a thing you see every night eventually? Yeah, they have very high hopes for Michael Porter Jr. He was not a guy that they just drafted as a flyer. They believe he can be a very important part of this team in the long term. This is a guy that they see as a potential championship-building puzzle piece to build this you know, concoction that the Nuggets are looking for. Um, the biggest issue for him right now is that the Nuggets have 12 people on their roster, including him, who deserve playing time. And a lot of them are small forwards. There's five small forwards on this team that deserve minutes. And because of that, for the first 20 games, games or so of the season, Michael Porter Jr. just basically didn't see the floor at all. It took a long time, and then when he finally started getting minutes in the past couple weeks to a month, it's been a very slow process. This is a guy who played two games plus like two minutes at the college level between high school and the pros, so he is still figuring out defensive terminology. He's trying to get caught up in the speed of the game. He doesn't even know where to be off the ball on offense because he's never played without the ball in his hands before. So it's been a it's a lot to work through. It's going to take quite a bit of time. He's definitely a project, but the more minutes he gets and the more comfortable he gets, the more flashes of a superstar that you start to see. You just don't see players who are six foot ten, six foot eleven, who can hit step back jumpers that clear eighteen inches of space without any kind of hesitation whatsoever and just swish it. There's like five players in the NBA who are able to hit that kind of a shot at his size. So you see why he was a top three pick potential you see why he was so just you know loudly projected as a very very high-end guy coming out of high school is because the talent and the skill level at his size is just so apparent but right now he's just trying to figure out where to be and because of that it's going to take time and Michael Malone is trying to balance getting him enough time to develop but also still winning games and he's starting to give him more and more minutes as he continues to show more and more promise but it's going to be a long process and I don't see him playing a gigantic role in the playoffs even this year and I don't see him starting probably not even until halfway through next year if not way later than that so it's going to be a while it's going to take a process but the talent is there and the flashes are there well philly fans will hate to hear the trust the process but i guess that's what you got to do at this point (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing the nuggets are the true process team philly traded everything in nuggets did not yeah exactly uh, Will Barton, he's really kind of come into his own in his role. Uh, 14 points per game this year. Uh, really an, a decent shooting year for him as well. His, his three-point percentage is up to 36% against his 34% career average. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I don't know if it was last year, maybe two years ago, the Nuggets had to make a decision to either go with Will Barton or Wilson Chandler. They chose Barton. Do you feel they chose correctly? Uh, because Barton's been doing pretty good for the Nuggets this past couple of years. Well, yeah, Wilson Chandler cannot really stay on the court, and he's coming off of a PED suspension right now. So the decision to stick with Will Barton was a very sound one. And in my opinion, Will Barton has been the second most important player on the, on the Denver Nuggets this year. His defense has been wildly improved. He has been an incredible defender this year, and he's given them exactly what they need on offense, which is a very versatile wing threat, a guy who can play with the ball in his hands and get his own shot, a guy who can play off the ball and spot up, a guy who can be a secondary creator and someone who can break down a defense and kick out to open shooters. He just does so many things for this Denver 
Denver Nuggets team, and he's the emotional leader of this team. I had Will Barton on my podcast, uh, what was it, last week for like 35 minutes, him and his best friend, and man, you you can just feel out there's nobody who has their finger on the pulse of this Nuggets team quite like Will Barton does. He's the one who can talk to Jamal Murray the same way he talks to Nicole Jokic, the same way he talks to Bull Bull. It's just he's so able to communicate so well, and he's so respected in that locker room that even beyond his contributions on the court, he has just been such an important person for this Nuggets team off the court as well. So in my opinion, Will Barton has been as important as anybody not named Nikola Jokic and will continue to be so. And that's why Michael Porter Jr. is not getting a chance to start like they could because right now the Nuggets need Will Barton and they need what he does on a night-to-night basis. And without him, it would be a very, very different record that they have right now. I, I would probably say the Nuggets are five wins better because they've had Will Barton on the floor than not. Well, you brought up Bowl Bowl as well. Um, we going to see Bowl Bowl this year? That's really the the question. I I assume not. And if we have seen him, I apologize that I missed it. But from what I can remember, is I doubt we see him this year. Do you think we'll see him, or is he going to be like Porter and just set, end up setting out the whole year? So the only way I see Bull Bull getting minutes is that he got called up, happened to be active for a game that also happened to be a blowout in like a very meaningless kind of game. It's not going to be any kind of important minutes. The one difference between him and Porter is that Bull Bull has been in the G League. He is logging minutes in his first year, and he is 100% healthy for where he's at right now and is able to produce well at the G League. He's been blocking shots, hitting threes, dunking on people, hitting mid-range floaters, and showing off the whole arsenal in the G League, which is really, really encouraging. I mean, talk about a guy who's two years away from being two years away. Bull Bull is that guy. I mean, his body is nowhere near where it should be. He still is trying to figure out where to be on a court as well and how to use his skills in the right way because he is so unique that trying to find a way to utilize him in the right way is so difficult. Um, He's another guy that the Nuggets are kind of just taking a flyer on. They were like, why not? It's the 44th pick in the second round. Let's just throw a dart at the ball with a guy who could have been a top 10 pick if you didn't get hurt and see what we have. And so far, he's already paid out more than anybody could have expected for a 44th pick in the draft. And because of that, it's going to be very exciting to see what he can do at the NBA level if he ever gets there. But from what he's done at the G League level, there is excitement and for good reason. Yeah, and, and I was wondering why teams in the second round were passing on him. I'm like, do they not realize Bowl Bowl sitting there? Because this is a guy who can be a difference maker, and yet he fell all the way. And I was like, well, the Nuggets just scored. I mean, even if he turns out to not even be really much, they still, I mean, what did they lose? 44th pick in the draft. Not even that. Yeah, it's a, something that that's we forget most of the time. You know, at that point. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Jeremy Grant comes over from the Thunder this year, uh, playing on the Nuggets. Um, was a pretty solid piece playing for for Oklahoma City. He's bringing in nine, almost ten points per game with three rebounds. He's playing about twenty three minutes per game. What can you tell us about Jeremy Grant's time in Denver? What are we What are we expecting out of him as the season rolls along? So Jeremy Grant was a guy that came in with a lot of people expecting quite a bit from him, despite the fact that he was a fourth or fifth option in Oklahoma City last year. 
he just represented the type of player that you really wanted to see with Nikola Jokic, a big man who could shoot threes, who was really athletic, who can block shots and play power forward next to him. That's kind of the ideal pairing on paper for how to get the most out of Nikola Jokic. But he hasn't really played with Jokic. He's played only with the bench unit because Millsap has been so good. And because of that, we haven't really seen the full effect of Jeremy Grant, in my opinion. His defense hasn't been as good as I expected it would be, but he's still shooting about 40% from three this year. He's been very, very good in that regard, especially recently. And you see the weak side uh, you know, rim protection. You see his ability to defend bigger players on the perimeter and move his feet. And it's been good to see that. It hasn't translated to wins yet. It has not translated to consistent bench play. But you see why the Nuggets picked him up. And you just hope that as this Nuggets team continues throughout this year, that that bench unit can get more of a rhythm with Jeremy Grant involved. Yeah, when I look at this team, they are so deep. Like the bench, and it seems like they've just got so many pieces they can put together. Even guys we haven't even had a chance to talk about, Gary Harris, who my uh, one of my hosts on the show, TR, calls the most important one of the most important Nuggets um, out there is Gary Harris, and then Malik Beasley, who's another guy who who does his job very well, and it's about sixteen minutes per game. There's so many players on this team; they can go ten deep if need be. And yet here we are, you know, they're number two in the West, but you're talking about their struggles and how much different this team is. Um, What do you think they can do to kind of turn it around and and stop the struggling a little bit? Um, Is the coach, is there a problem with the coaching staff? Is it maybe they've kind of lost faith in the coaches or what do you think as your professional opinion with the Nuggets team so far and what can they do to kind of right the ship? Maybe not in terms of wins and losses, but in taking that next step and becoming a better team to make a move in the postseason. Well, you hope it's not coaching because they just gave Michael Malone another extension about a week ago. So you hope it's not coaching. And from everything that I've gathered from talking to sources with the teams and players throughout the week and things like that, is that coaching is not the issue here. It's not like, you know, this is a team that's revolting on the head coach. He's not losing the locker room. This is just a team that isn't really locked in. That's really all I can come back to. It's like I said before, it's the, there's not one thing that is going wrong. It's a lot of different things that go wrong at random different times. And because of that, there just isn't a way to diagnose this you know, situation the proper way. The Nuggets are just trying to kind of weather the storm and hope that things start to click as they get closer to playoff time. Michael Malone said on media day that they're preparing for a 110-game season, not an 82-game season, referring to going deep in the playoffs. So maybe right now they just don't really care. I mean, honestly, it's hard to when it's cold outside and the new year just came around and no one's watching and you're not even on TV in Denver because the Comcast dispute is still happening and you're still the second seed in the West and you're tired that day and you know you're better than you actually are and you can feel like you can just turn it on when you need to. You're going to have losses like that. You're not going to play as well a lot of times. And you're going to have these random things kind of happen that make you look worse than you are. And when that starts to become a constant, it becomes worrisome. But if the Nuggets just all decide that they're going to lock in, it could be a week, and all of a sudden they're right back to dominating the NBA. That could absolutely happen. This is a team right now that has the 11th best defense and the 9th best offense in basketball, and they're playing at like 60% capacity. So it's easy to look at it as a negative, but what happens if this team does get on a roll? What happens if it does click? They can be a top-five defense and a top-five offense and a true title contender if everything clicks. We haven't even seen that yet. 
yet. We don't even know what that looks like, but they have that upside, and that's what that's what the hope is that at some point that'll click. Yeah, and. They really have a nice coaching staff. Mike Malone, I mean, you look at some of the assistants, Dave Adelman, Wes Unseld. I mean, there's some big names on that that coaching staff as well. I just think this team, um, they're destined to be a good team. And I had them projected as my number one team in the West this year, uh, preseason, just because of what they what they have and what they can be. And um, I still think that they, they're going to end up being that. Um, I think – you, I think you're going to see LeBron and, and Davis. One of them will either, I maybe mean, not get hurt, but there's going to be some stumbling along the Lakers eventually. They got the long road trip coming up eventually with the uh, the Oscars, and then one thing you don't want if you're another team is you don't want to have to go to Denver and try to win a ball game, especially come the postseason. Um, their home court advantage is crazy, and of course the altitude helps. But I mean, they've got a pretty Oh, rallied behind this team uh, is really what I want to know. Are they accepting this Nuggets team? And you're talking about a Comcast deal that probably a lot of listeners don't know about. Can you kind of explain that as well? Yeah, so they did have a massive following, and it was building quickly. But this se- right before the season started, all three of DirecTV, Dish Network, and Comcast at the same time had their contracts go up with Altitude TV, which is the broadcasting partner of the Nuggets in Denver. And when that happened, they were then all the way off of TV entirely, except for about 5% of the population. So far, DirecTV has come around, but Dish Network and Comcast are still not able to have a a deal that they have been able to come to, so they're not showing the games. They're not showing the Avalanche games either, and they represent something like 77% of the Denver population, of the Colorado population, I'm sorry. Um, it's, it's not just Denver, it's all of Colorado. So because of that, interest has fallen off. When the casual fan can't watch the team on TV or you're not going to see them at the bar, it's very difficult to stay involved with the team. So I know that I've seen a lot of a drop in, not in terms of attendance, but in terms of people paying attention and the Twitter interaction that you would see of people watching the game from home and being on Twitter, which was such a big part of the culture of the NBA. And all of that has been diminished in a massive way. And that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch develop going forward. Because right now you're talking nearly 80% of Colorado residents who cannot watch the Nuggets or the Avalanche on their TV. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people will say, well, can they buy League Pass and watch the games? No, because League Pass, like with me in my area, I'm not a Cavs fan, but I live closest to the Cleveland market, even though it's five hours away. Um, They're blacked out, and that's probably the case in terms of uh, the League Pass subscriptions, I would assume that if you're a Nuggets fan and you live in Denver, you can't watch the Nuggets on League Pass because they're blacked out. Would I be correct in assuming that? Yeah, and on top of that, too, the NBA, for reasons that I just cannot comprehend, when they have games on NBA League Pass, the League Pass games are blacked out in Denver because Altitude owns the rights, but you can't watch Altitude because they're not on your TV. So you literally can't even watch the NBA TV games. You can only watch the TNT games and the ESPN games. That's literally all you get in Denver for 80% of the population. Yeah, I know the NBA TV is uh, where I live. NBA TV doesn't happen on the TV that we have. We have a, a it's called Suddenlink. Um, Direct TV carries NBA TV, but when the games are on NBA TV, 
I have League Pass, it's blacked out. So, again, that's yep. something you run into there. And I, I, I don't understand that. But, uh, you know, maybe that's something we can t- get into when the TV deals end up coming up. Um, one last thing, and I'll let you go, and I appreciate your time here um, on the show and, and all the insight that we're getting here, especially with TV contracts. So that's something you don't hear about, but it's something that's really, really important, especially to, to fans out there. It's, it's very important that, that people know about that. Uh, this Nuggets team, even though, you know, you talked about their struggles, they're still second in the West. Um, where do you think, if you had to guess right now, and of course this could change, where do you think this team eventually ends up in the West? Like, uh, do you think they end up a top four seed or, you know, obviously you got to know they're going to be a playoff team, but where do they end up? Do you think? So no worse than six. There's the six teams, in my opinion, that have locked themselves into playoff spots already, which is Dallas, which is, let me see if I can remember all these teams, (laughs) Clippers, Lakers, Rockets, Nuggets, Jazz, Dallas. Those are the six teams, in my opinion, that are locked into playoff spots at this point. Dallas, a little bit more finicky, but I'm pretty much Mm -hmm. willing to leave them there. Um, I would say the Nuggets are at least in the top four, especially of that group. If they don't get a top four seed, you start worrying quite a bit about playoff matchups and where they end up, because you do not want to draw the Rockets as like a 3-6 matchup or something like that, or, you know, play the Lakers in a 2-7. Like, those are – that's a very, very scary proposition for this Nuggets team. So getting a top four seed is extremely important. I think they end up second behind the Lakers. I think things are going to pretty much hold as is. I think the Clippers will continue to rest like crazy, which is why they're going to hold back a little bit. Dallas will fall off, and you'll see Houston go through their lulls where things are good and things are bad. So I do think the Nuggets end up second. I don't know how you beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They're a cheat code together. It's absolutely (laughs) absurd to watch those two be on the same basketball court. So I have absolutely no idea how anybody is going to stop them unless they stop themselves. So I'm leaving that where it is. But I do think the Nuggets could come in second once again. Yeah, and uh, Oklahoma City has kind of been on a tear lately. They've been uh, eight and two in their last uh, ten, so they're slowly climbing back into that picture. Um, and then eight through fifteen, it's a, it's madness. Eight through eight through fifteen is insane. Um, San Antonio currently sits at eight, and the fourteen seed Pelicans are only three four games back from them. Yeah. Um, and then you got the Warriors who, you know, I said this the other day, and they keep losing, so that that may hurt their calls a little bit. But if they get Steph Curry back and get healthy, they're only six, seven games out of eighth place. Could you imagine a Steph Curry <laughs> Warriors team climbing back into the playoffs picture? They go on a little bit yeah, of a tear. I absolutely can see that coming. I can see them flipping D'Angelo Russell and trying to get a guy like Robert Covington or something like that and making some kind of interesting splash, and all of a sudden that team is in striking distance. And this, this is my absolute nightmare, is Steph Curry's healthy, Draymond is you know, magically back in shape all of a sudden. They make the eighth seed, and they play the Nuggets in the first round and beat the Nuggets. Like, that is an absolute <laughs> disaster scenario for the Nuggets overall, and I can absolutely see it coming. So while it's a very small percentage, I'm not counting them out because I'm not counting really – anybody out so it's not it's kind of like just include them in why not but it's not completely without you know question but it's going to be interesting to see what they can do when they get healthy Steph Curry is no joke 
people have forgotten how good he is because he's been hurt. And if he comes back healthy and he can do what he can do and Draymond suddenly has him back on the court stretching everything back out, things could work for them in their favor pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, that was my thing is if they keep it under 10 games, you never know because, you know, San Antonio is not blowing anybody away. You know, your other teams are Memphis, Portland, Phoenix, Minnesota, Sacramento, New Orleans. You know, they're they're not far behind. And if they can get healthy and slide into that eight seed, could you imagine a Steph Curry, Draymond Green, you know, and, and I really do hope they moved D'Angelo Russell for Robert Covington. I would love that as a Wolves fan. Um, but, but imagine they sneak in there at that eight seed and then they got to play LeBron and Davis if they stay at the one my goodness, what a uh, what a time that would be coming NBA postseason. But a lot of coulda, shoulda, wouldas, and a lot of what ifs. So we'll see what happens. But TJ, thank you so much for jumping on the show and talking uh, Nuggets with us and breaking it down for all of us that were wondering what's going on in Denver. Let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and find you at, and uh, where they can follow some of your work. I just saw your article up about uh, Tory Craig, and I'm interested in checking that out. Yeah, so you can go to MyLifeSports.com and click that Nuggets tab. I write a ton of stuff over there. You can also subscribe to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I had Will Barton on not too long ago. Um, and then follow me on Twitter at TJ McBride NBA for everything that I tweet far too often. <laughs> well, we all do. Don't feel bad. Uh, but thanks again <laughs> for coming on, man. I really appreciate you, and I hope to have you back real soon. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure. Always. Thank you. And that was my conversation with TJ McBride talking Denver Nuggets. And, Tim, we've uh, reached the end of our program, which means crack open. Uh, oh, a little bit of the bubbly. I'm going to try some uh, plant-based nuggets. <laughs> you try those, you know what you'll uh, be having then, right? A constant craving for 100% white meat. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change that song to Diabetes. (laughs) Well, if you've got diabetes and maybe a little too big, you know what you need? My coat of many colors. (laughs) Oh, that coat. (laughs) Endless entertainment. (laughs) One day. One day the secret of the coat shall be revealed. One day. It, it, one day. One day. But until then, <laughs> you're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network. We're at WideMenCan'tJump.com, iTunes Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, Heart Radio, anywhere you find podcasts. Check us out and follow the show. We're on Twitter at Wild Wide Jump. Tim is at Tileman68 on Twitter as well, so follow him. Uh, we're getting more action in our Wide Men Can't Jump uh, podcast discussion group on Facebook. If you want in, let me know. It's a secret group. But we got a lot of great people, a lot of great things in there. We're not. Yes, Tim, we do. No, there. I, 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 no, I lost you for a second there, but I got you back. Ah, okay. Welcome back. 
But uh, yeah, we've just uh, we got a great group on Facebook. We enjoy those people all. I hope that nobody else is hearing what I'm hearing, and that's just you cutting out. Maybe. I don't well, know. Let's check it out. Maybe. But uh, um, well, yeah. So anyway, the anyway, NFL. Uh, go ahead. NFL playoffs are this weekend, and we do want to send congratulations to Armando Martinez, the winner of the Wide Men Can't Jump Fantasy Football. Fuck Armando. League. And uh, he he did great. So Armando, you win. You will be receiving your prize money. I believe it was something like twenty million yeah, Iranian. Uh, Rubies or rupees your, or whatever. Uh, your, Ricky Mar- your Ricky Martin Halloween costume. Yes, absolutely. And uh, your Tom Brady jersey will be sent as well. But ah. anyway, <laughs> anyway um, that's pretty much it for the show. Yeah, we hope I you guys it. enjoyed it. Tim, glad to I have you it. back. Glad you're feeling well. I am. Uh, I, am. I, got a few, I got a few quick shout outs when, you, when you're done. Though. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. Shout um, us out and send us home. Nick Hoff. Danielle Hoff, you hosers. Uh, Ed and Whitney Boggus and Little Boggus. Ed, I don't know how to say your daughter's name correctly. I feel stupid, but I don't know. Um, help us out with that one so we so I can say her name on the podcast. You can let her listen, because that'd be pretty cool. Martinez, Armando, settle down with that Patriots heat. Holy dude. Wow. You're going to get in Facebook jail for that kind of stuff. But anyway, and thanks for wearing that, repping that shirt at your... Uh, Oh, that was your, awesome. We got we got to talk your, on that. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, at your legal matters, which we'll go into if you uh, give us the okay, we'll go ahead with that at a later date. And yeah, uh, Armando showed up for legal proceedings in a wide men can't jump t-shirt. And who else? Uh, Bobby Blaze, uh, Jeremy, Professor. I want to give a Jack. shout out to a, a guy you, that uh, we haven't really got to talk to because he deleted Facebook. But uh, uh, Scott Roberts, he's still out there oh, uh, yes. breaking. Yeah, so uh, what's up, Scott? Good to hear from you, as always. He's on Instagram. Uh, He's working hard. Yeah, Casey Kane. No longer background Josh. He's kind of like more on the horizon Josh now. Um, (laughs) uh, I think that's about it. Um, And and, uh, that uh, still missing uh, MIA, sort of, kind of, uh, Tom Robinson. Well, we send out the search party. You know how many bookies and cheesesteak shops there are in Philly? That takes like days (laughs) to hit all those places. To quote Indiana Jones, he'll blend in, disappear. With luck now, he's got the grail already. But anyway. He learned how to do the Matrix, too, and that's made it much more difficult. And he took that vest off. But nevertheless, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was from a request from the guys on the International Space Station. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Every, All right. every twenty-four hours, those guys were getting blinded by that thing. <laughs> <laughs> from the Arctic Circle to Antarctica, from Shinston to Singapore, this is why men can't jump. We're, we yeah, enjoyed. we're done. That's we're it. done. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. 
You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com, StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and Stay Classy Meets, where you can check them out at StayClassyMeets.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump, and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network. That's since